0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. In re-watching this, I am reunderstanding the importance of boundaries. Yeah. I feel like the guys that I've interacted with pandemic-wise have been more of a, you know, if it's if it's meant to be and staying in my worth. Only going Taylor Townsend in my mind and not right. in my actions. Right.
1: You're not putting on the beaver suit.
0: Yes. I, I might. I just won't leave the house in it. Um, <laughs>
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to Talking Ship. I'm Megan Fitzgerald and I'm Cat Belenfonte. Thank you so much to the Believe Podcast Network for helping make this show happen and welcome to <laughs> truly, <laughs> truly happy hour with Megan and Kat. <laughs> yes. Well, we're drinking rosé. We've got your questions in front of us and we're here to talk a lot of ship about the OC and, and all the things we missed. <laughs> Yeah, it is happy hour. It's also melancholy hour. (laughs) We're out here already feeling nostalgic. Truly the most indulgent thing we can feel is nostalgic for our own dynamic. (laughs) But yes, this is our... Our mailbag episode, our Q&A episode, you all sent us a bunch of questions about the O.C., about Seth and Summer, and about ourselves. You You know, we hate talking about ourselves. I'm a really private person. (laughs) So thank you for uh, forcing us to open up. Uh, You know, I think it'll be good for us. So we're going to talk about Kirsten and Sandy, Ryan and Marissa, Taylor Townsend, and our own high school dating lives, and all the things pertaining to the O.C. and the spirals that the O.C. has sent us on. Mm Mm-hmm so uh and it's also our final episode with kat for now so everyone soak up soak up this voice soak up this energy (laughs) i'll miss you dear listeners but she'll be back and there's lots of other places you can find her and more on that later but to kick off this Q&A episode, we have to kick it off with a question that our listeners once asked, and uh, I don't know that they've really asked it every time, but I now think it's important for us to talk about every time. It's important, honestly. And it, that is uh, the Mary Fuck Kill of the OC. And because we are young women, we're going to uh, to adjust this slightly, even though I think I would fuck full adult Sandy Cohen yeah (laughs) for the the purposes of of making it a more even playing field we are doing mary fuck kill seth ryan young sandy cohen i still don't know what i'm gonna say oh really (laughs) i know i'm gonna kill all right want to do kill on the count of three yeah one two three ryan
0: (laughs) Ryan. (laughs) gotta do it Got to do it. Got to do it
1: because, as we'll talk about later, we're not Marissa's. I- exactly. No. And
0: like, honestly, he's probably going to get himself killed anyways. I-
1: exactly. He-, he
0: can reunite with Marissa.
1: Yeah, and here's and here's why. Even though Ryan's really hot, I feel like you identify with this. Sometimes, sexually, when they're a little too dangerous <laughs> seeming, and I can tell that they're probably really good at sex, sometimes it's too much for me. <laughs> I agree yeah you know like I like a nice palatable sexual experience yeah and I like like a surprise like if I look at you and I know you're gonna choke me yeah and it's like like let me ask right you know I know my I know my Mary okay ready. you know this is gonna show my growth okay ready Mary one two three young Young Sandy Sandy Cohen Cohen. there it is (laughs) okay why do you think it is for you because
0: I'm not exactly sure where Seth is going, mm-hmm. but I know where young Sandy Cohen goes. And that is the marriage that I want.
1: That's true. And I would even argue, even though we don't really see Seth in college, but we do see young Sandy Cohen in college. And yeah. like you can tell even then that that's the type of person he's going to be. Whereas Seth is still, I, I'm not convinced Seth is going to be a passionate enough person for me.
0: That's so true.
1: You know? Yes. And I've been yes. in those relationships where someone's like not super go-getter, not super passionate, not going to like meet me on the same level and co-host with me. Another huge thing. Yep. I need yep. a co-host. Yep. Laughing, shining. <laughs> Laughing, shining, refilling the cheese plate. Whereas Seth, like, uh, I really do believe that he's he's going to be considerate in bed you know, understanding, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like really try hard. He's going to try hard.
0: Yeah. He's going to want to please you.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Which is nice.
1: So I've recently discovered. We're going to drink some of this rosé. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Speaking of Sandy Cohen, mm. we're going to go right into Sandy and Kirsten because we've we've made reference to it before. And mm-hmm. a listener asks, you make reference to Kirsten and Sandy being relationship goals. Why do you feel that way? Oh,
0: let's get into it. Listener, I'm so glad you asked. 100% relationship goals. Number one, I feel like they have a very healthy sex life for a couple mm-hmm. in their late 30s, which is not old. Right.
1: right. <laughs> like we won't at have teenagers old. at uh, yeah. late 30s, but.
0: But yeah, exactly. For like having a son in the house that right. you're raising, st- I think very healthy. Mm-hmm. Again, I wonder what that's like. To go back to an earlier Brene Brown concept Great. that we've we both referenced i think they're a couple they just belong together rather than like trying to like fit in with each other right because right away they were opposites Mm -hmm. but they found this like belonging sense that they keep coming back to so they'll like call each other out when someone's doing something that's not authentic yeah because they can see it because they really see each other and they support the best versions of themselves and they let that continue to develop and change i think it's impressive that like They never stop growing. They're getting new jobs. Mm -hmm. They moved to Berkeley when,
1: like you were saying, they grew out of. And I feel like this happens with a lot of couples. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of married couples, they get to a place, especially after having kids, where they're like, this is who we are now. We're this couple. We're this type of family. Instead of continuing to acknowledge individual needs and growth and needs and growth as a couple. Exactly. And there's
0: that like one episode where they're like, are we in a rut? Mm hmm. And then they test it, and they go to that swingers party. The swingers party, <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, "Wait, this is not us." Yeah,
1: but I, I like, I like a that they were they were kind of willing to do it. They were kind of like, Same. "If this is what's going to make you happy," and yep. then they never force themselves to be some someone that they're not, but they're exactly. always willing to explore the option.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's
1: I feel like exactly
0: what I what I would like. Yeah, so I, and yeah, Sandy is just so charming and stable and goofy. And as a husband and a dad, and now I'm pining for him.
1: (laughs) I also think I truly do want a partner that's going to love being a dad. Me too. And love being a parent because they both really do love parenting. They care so deeply about the kids. Yeah, they're the best. Yeah. I think something we talk a lot about on this show is what you said about having a partner that challenges you, Mm -hmm. but still brings out the best in you. And we see that even from their origins. Like he knows right away that they're different. He can see right away that they're Republican. This is not to say I'll date a Republican because I never will. Don't worry, mom. So sorry. Yeah. <laughs> to my mom. <laughs> but even in their differences, they still present this united front. They're still very different individuals even as adults. Yeah. That balance of individuality, but still being a unit as a couple, is is what we're all craving. I also think it's very impressive that we see them work through this concept of adult crushes that's such a good point as you know as a married couple as a person in their 20s as most of my friends are in relationships in their 20s and most of my friends are not married or close to married I think 80% of the time with a friend when a friend comes to me with a relationship problem of like I'm having feelings for another person, or this person came into their life and it feels a little fishy. Truly, 80% of the time, I'm like, break up. Right. You're 26, you're 31, you're not married, you don't have a family with them. Break up or at least take a break. Give yourself time. I also love an eat, pray, love moment. I love mm. a wild moment. Mm-hmm. I love watching people fall apart and build themselves back together, partially because that was, I think, a huge part of like my journey and my growth. But I think it's, would be naive for me not to admit that long-term relationships are different and they're Mm -hmm. going to be tested. And the answer isn't always to break up when you have a house and kids and 25 years of marriage. So I love that we see this couple that we love, that we as an audience know our relationship goals and see their marriage tested and have the lesson be that the relationship isn't over and it's normal. And the important thing is that you continue in the face, of, you know, flirtations, temptations, whatever, is that you continue to pick your partner every single time, which again, plots on the OC tend to repeat themselves. So the three times I will mm-hmm. say that this comes up, they always end up picking the right person. Right. Do yeah. you think if
0: your husband cheated on you, you would try to make it work? I don't know, I think it'd be so
1: circumstantial. Yeah. I think it would really depend on like with who and how long we'd been together. Like, if Sandy had hooked up with... With Rachel? Or not Rachel. Not
0: Rachel. The the love of his life.
1: The old love of his life. The ex, yeah. Yeah. See, that I think would bother me.
0: More than a Rachel. More than a Rachel. Me too.
1: Because that is... I'm like, well, then have you been holding on to this... Agreed. For years. It's not just like a physical urge and you're getting attention from like
0: a new, young, hot thing.
1: Right. Especially if it's someone that you've been like jealous of for a long time and you've had thoughts about them and then your suspicions are confirmed. Right. Then I think that's, I'm like, that's a huge breach of trust. Exactly. Because how
0: do you work your way back from that? Yeah.
1: Okay. So then, speaking of other relationships on the show, someone asks us, what are your thoughts on Ryan and Marissa? Do you ship it?
0: Honestly, they're so boring. Yeah. I mean, they are so much drama,
1: but it's just like not f- fun. I know. It's funny that they're more boring than Seth and Summer because <laughs> yeah. they have the like life or death, literally drama. <laughs>
0: It just still feels, like, predictable. I don't see why they like each other other than what they symbolize
1: to each other. I think at the end of the day, she has a damsel complex. Yep. And he has a hero complex. 100%. And that's set up from the first moment that they see each other. I don't think they do anything over the course of the three seasons that they're on again, off again, to continue to prove to each other that they should be together. I think it's this initial attraction, this initial chemistry, and and they never beat it. They never beat that dynamic and they never take a yep. moment to realize this doesn't serve me anymore in a real way.
0: Right, because I don't think they're really doing the self-examination that Seth and Summer are Absolutely doing. Absolutely not, no. Definitely Marissa's not. Right. Ryan, like maybe a little bit, but mm-hmm. he could still use a therapist.
1: Absolutely. <sighs>
0: but here's the thing, like, I feel like I hesitantly, reluctantly ship them mm-hmm. because I don't ship them with anyone else. Exactly. Hearts out to Taylor, but Ryan is not your man. No. He's, he's yeah. just not. No,
1: you deserve so much more.
0: Yeah, you do. You deserve uh, someone that
1: can talk about politics with you the same way we do. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> they're just like people you have like energetic links with. Yeah and mm-hmm. seth and Summer are due to an
1: extent but it's a it's like less heavy yeah it's, and i think i think it's exactly what we were warning against in the last episode the like you complete me not that i think yes. either of them make each other whole because both of them are so deeply flawed the other one complements their narrative of, of yeah what they need their trauma bonding yeah they're, tra- they're trauma their trauma that's what it is that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> okay glad that solved
0: <laughs> because it's the dramatic savior fantasy mm-hmm. and like while that is like entertaining i guess to watch played out yeah it's just something that i'm so not interested in same
1: in the way that we have a weakness for a seth type i think some mm-hmm. women have a weakness for a ryan type so all these women so Lindsay, true. taylor etc like fall for ryan and i can't support him with any of these people that i think are healthier Because he'll always prioritize Marissa. Even Marissa's memory will take, you know, priority over any of these women. So I, I, again, I agree. I reluctantly ship it because I can't ship him with anybody else. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say, and we talked about this in an earlier episode, but I think I cut it, is that I think Marissa is Mm. the Seth of straight women Mm -hmm. and that she also has this need to make sure that men and women, shout out Olivia Wilde. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Young Han Olivia Wilde. Yes, uh, like her and also love her at all mm-hmm. times. And she does this by like crossing a lot of boundaries to yep. always be their confidant. But again, I think because Ryan is so jealous and possessive, like mm-hmm. even if she had lived, even if they had gotten to like live out stage two of their romance, they would have had to deal with this in some way. In some way, I think that it might not even have worked. There was no one better for them, but it doesn't mean it was healthy and good.
0: Right. I think they are like one of those soulmates who could not end
1: up together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So we talk about how the, the OC, cat, especially Kat, who grew up watching it, the OC influenced our romantic lives, our idea of men. But the OC was an iconic show for so many people that are now in their 20s and 30s. So a listener asks, in what other ways do you feel like the OC influenced culture?
0: Yeah, so I know I've mentioned this a lot, but the music. Yeah. I mean,
1: we're ju- the Hallelujah, the, the dual Hallelujah.
0: Yeah. The, the end of the- season one and three, it's mm-hmm. like a character in the show. Like mm-hmm. New York is a character for Woody Allen. Don't ship Woody Allen, but you know. Anyways, I I feel like I discovered a lot of bands from the OC, mm-hmm. and that was like not as much of a thing. Right. Before the OC of like oh, we're going to feature this song. We're going to bring this band into the bait shop, especially like the type of music, like Death Cab, mm-hmm. Imogen Heap, Damien Rice, just like slit your wrist music, to yeah, be honest.
1: Exactly. <laughs> it's like
0: real sad. <laughs> oh, Cannonball really gets me. Also, again, I've said this, but I just, I don't remember in TV ever such a dynamic foursome. Yeah. Like in other shows, there are friend groups. And there are couples, but you
1: don't see best friends dating best friends. No, I can't think of another. Right. I mean, even because especially if you want to look at like comparable shows, like if you want to look at Dawson's, if you want to look at One Tree Hill, there's always the dating of each other and like the creating right. of a love triangle. Which right. It's a line that I really appreciate. They never crossed on the OC. Agreed. Seth was never like, maybe Marissa. Right. You know, and they never did like Summer and Ryan. And I think on other shows they would have, but I really do yes. think they respected the sanctity of the foursome. Agreed, mm-hmm. as you always should.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's just an inside joke for anyone who's been really paying attention to my life. <laughs> hey, you know, if there are a couple of dudes out there who are best friends mm-hmm. that want to date me and Megan,
1: <laughs> we'd have a great, we're great fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we would attention. be really,
0: you, you would enjoy it. We're <laughs> so chill.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: I'm too oh. chill sometimes. Um, Anyways, uh, so that, Mm -hmm. and then again, like the nerdy Seth Cohen archetype as a leading man. Yes. I feel like that then spun off into other shows. Mm -hmm. But this, again, maybe, and I I don't really know TV history, but it was the first time I saw that type being portrayed as someone that women were pining after. Exactly.
1: And I think the pining of that type has now continued, but now I feel like... When we're looking at a leading man, wonder if normal people is the uh, is the pendulum swinging back in the other direction because he is so moody. Yeah, but that's he, so true. but he's still dorky, and I feel like that's what we right. still love yeah. about him. Yeah, because I a feel smart like boy. now you know people our age and a little bit older, the millennial millennial culture, if you will, <laughs> aren't into brooders and like angry guys anymore. We're yeah. into the like nerdy passionate type of person totally and you know i don't want to credit it at all to seth but but i think it did shift shift the narratives in a lot of ways yeah i totally agree yeah i think also just by the time i was in middle school like i think the oc perfectly had defined what ideal aesthetics were in terms of female bodies and female fashion Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking incredibly thin and white and, uh, tank tops. Mm-hmm. And when they weren't in tank tops, when they weren't in spaghetti straps, uh, page boy hats, which, um, I had several of <laughs> cause that's all I could pull off. I wasn't pulling off a spaghetti strap. Yeah. See, I dressed
0: like a Marissa, but I was a summer. I was just a very confused. I wore a lot of Hollister and Abercrombie kids. Oh my God. I did the double polo. You did
1: not do the double
0: pull. Sure did. Oh my God. If low riders ever come back in style to replace high, like, I just won't do it. Oh, I, I'll, I'm i high waisted, girl,
1: or bust I'll at move. this point. That'll be, yeah. Trump winning the election again won't send me to Canada. But if low riders come back, I'm moving to Arctic temperatures. Uh, but on a positive note, in terms of women, I do think, in a way, summer was part of this wave of strong positive influences of female characters on TV. And like, we've mm-hmm. had female heroines for a long time. Like Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore. We've had Lucille Ball. Mm-hmm. But I think to see teens in yes. in this light was yes. different. And we have Summer. We have Veronica Mars. We have Brooke Davis on One Tree Hill. And seeing all these smart women who end up having fantastic careers, are super passionate, quippy one-liners, the whole package, was super empowering in that way of what it was to be a woman. Like, we still had to be a size two, but at least, like, you could be smart and funny and passionate. Yeah. And the thing that I am th- thinking of now that I feel like, again, is one of the things that, like, crippled us as full adults, they could have all of these amazing things going for them their careers, their passions, their intelligence. And this is partially due to, you know, just the nature of a television show and their mm-hmm. needing to be drama but none of them could have a boyfriend who was a steadfast support system. Because constantly, if you look back at any of these people, they're pretty much always great on their own. And it was always the men that was like causing their drama and causing their downfall. And I think this fed into our romanticized views of love and especially of young love, of teenage love, of first love. I I manifested a ton of my own drama as a teenager in love Mm -hmm. because I thought that's like what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to scream at each other in the middle of the street i don't know why this is a recurring theme in this podcast but it has (laughs) happened to me a lot megan has a lot of emotional experiences in the middle of the street yeah yeah (laughs) i mean uh, name a more cinematic place to have if it was raining it'd be better but besides that Mm. a pretty cinematic place to have an argument like rain like i confessed to a guy that i had feelings for him on the deck of a boat because i was like well the setting will never be better (laughs) yeah if you if you didn't, you would have always regretted I would have that. always regretted it. Yep. That sort of thing of romanticized big epic dramas mm. instead of like, imagine if what was <laughs> like taught to us as young teenagers is how to have a support system that's like, you're good on your own. And look, your relationship just like supports you and loves you. Right. I guess I just wish more healthy young relationships were modeled on TV. Agreed. I just don't know if we'll ever get there because TV needs to be Addictive and dramatic, and yeah, we need to keep watching. Especially because I think Seth and Summer do get there. I think they do get yes. to a point where Seth is, like you said, Seth makes Summer the star of the relationship. I just think the season of the OC that most people like think of when they mm-hmm. think the OC is the first season. Yep, and that is not where Seth is in the first nope. season. So that's a bummer. Speaking of Seth, someone um, asked us on Instagram. They said one thing we haven't talked about is how Seth is incredibly affluent. Uh, he's a rich boy, and how has that affected him on personally and in relationships?
0: In this rewatch, uh, I was like, "Oh yeah," seeing like his affluence mm. makes the whininess even more pathetic. Yes, than watching it as a twelve-year-old from like a nice upper-middle-class upbringing. Right. Um, I do think Ryan really grounds him, mm. but what makes Seth the fake brooder instead of the real one is probably his money yeah you know and like that's not to say people with money don't have problems right uh it's all perspective but, you know, Seth has a lot less on his plate than the average teenage American boy. Like when Seth, you lose empathy for Seth when he runs away.
1: Exactly. Because especially we like juxtaposed this before, but Ryan is literally facing being a teen father. Exactly. And Seth is forcing being the outcast at school. Yeah, he's even like though a lonely he's boy. Has the hottest girlfriend. At school. Exactly. But they like, couldn't handle that. Exactly. I think people who grow up privileged or middle class even, and I am guilty of this as a privileged person, is that there's more of a sense of I deserve to be happy and Mm -hmm. we all deserve to be happy. I think Seth's a little bit more indignant about it than, say, Ryan is, whereas I think less privileged people have to be taught what they deserve. It's nice to see that both Ryan and Seth are
0: equally, like, spiraling. Yeah. Because I do think also everyone has probably some type of comparison guilt. Mm-hmm. And so
1: seeing that everyone is suffering is
0: comforting. Yeah.
1: Something that came up is that Rachel Bilson and Adam Brody dated in real life. How did this affect your experience of watching the show to you as a, as a teen and or how they're written or experienced as a couple? yeah
0: so this really harkens back to the metaness mm-hmm. metaness the uh metaness sure of yes, it all <laughs> um they reference it so much in the show yeah that even as a 13 year old it was very easy to pick up on did you know it
1: was a 13 year old watching
0: yeah mm-hmm. because they had it in magazines yes and exactly. like the- YM do you yeah. remember that <laughs>
1: <laughs> like exactly and this is like grocery store mag- like exactly it's like waiting with your mom at the grocery store yeah
0: like like teen bop magazines mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah
1: the same magazine you probably got your uh, poster and poster from it's, yeah <laughs> yeah
0: no i think it was from ym
1: and you know i was a 13 year old who wanted to grow up and be an actor and marry my
0: co-star so i was like wow it's happening on screen and off there are like certain scenes in rewatching it this time cuz i was just watching it more analytically that i was like oh i feel like that mannerism or that physical gesture was
1: improvised yeah this was something we said about david and patrick on Schitt's creek where mm-hmm. i was like wow finally a couple on tv is behaving like a couple the way they sit with each other the way they play with each other the way that they kiss that isn't super choreographed and i think that they did a really good job at that and that can't be recreated you know that especially yes. at that time yeah for teen young actors We're- yeah it makes total sense that it was natural I would actually compare I feel like that's what because I didn't watch VOC at the time but I feel like this is a little bit what watching Riverdale is like now Mm. because you know Cole Sprouse and Lily Reinhart are dating Mm -hmm. obviously this subject is like fluffy and it's fun and it's pop culture and it's you know tabloids but it's also I do think this is kind of One of the beautiful things about the medium of TV, unlike movies, unlike books that are like created and then released, TV is constantly given the opportunity to respond to its viewership because we have season after season, or especially at the time The O.C. was being made, the entire season season was still being written and shot as episodes Mm -hmm. were being released, and so Mm -hmm. they got to respond to fan responses. I'm sure that Rachel and Rachel Bilson's and Adam Brody's chemistry influenced the show and influenced the writing and it influenced the fan viewership. And that's a really unique thing about TV that is cool. Yeah, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Good oh, for them. Good for them. <laughs> the real dream is like the Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese, where they, they're they on mm. The Americans and they're mm-hmm. married and they're like true adults. Yeah. Um, but yep. I've sworn off dating actors because I just can't spend any more emotional energy telling them that they're going to make it. They just need to sign <laughs> up for more workshops. I can't do it. Maybe this was directed at you, Kat. You both have talked about how you feel like you identify with Seth but want to be Summer. Are there any other characters you deeply identify with? Boy, do we. Wow,
0: well, yeah, nailed me. Um, <laughs> so, like, as mentioned, I, I definitely have been several guys. Anna, so we'll throw that one oh, out yeah, there. Oh, yeah, that's
1: true. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but the one, unfortunately, that I really got to go with is is Taylor Townsend. <laughs> yep. My biggest insecurity is that I'm too much. <sighs> Yeah, so it is both really terrifying am. and reassuring to watch her on screen. Yeah. Because Taylor is too much like in human for. It's like that's her archetype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is like the girl too much. But she's also probably the smartest, most self-aware, most thoughtful character on the show. So it's hard to fully hate her. Yes. But I like Taylor. I think had enough bad experiences with guys in high school, in college, in the stand up comedy scene, as actors, uh, to have very low standards. So it's also like so cringy watching that because I'm like, oh, no, you've
1: done that. Uh, it's like give an inch and take a mile. Like, yeah. that is a constant reoccurring theme in my life.
0: A guy, yeah, a guy will give an inch and she'll like literally jump off the deep end and search the entire ocean for his <laughs> Titanic pendant, you know? I don't even know if that was the plot of the movie, but I think I, I cover my Taylor well. Guys constantly tell me how cool I am so much that it hurts. Yeah. If one more guy tells me I'm cool, I'm like, I'm not.
1: I'm actually not. I don't think you're cool. I don't. I can't, thank you. <laughs> I, do, I hope you take this the right way. Like, no, I don't think you. you're cool. Yeah.
0: No. All One of my best friend's boyfriends I, I've met like all of his co-workers and they're all like non-actors and they're mm-hmm. like wow cat's so cool
1: I don't think you're chill yeah I don't think I'm chill either um <laughs> yeah it's so true I had the same experience watching Taylor because I'm like oh well I'm crazy, but at least I'm not Taylor. But in the other moments I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm Taylor." And in some ways, I think Taylor is kind of more so than the other women on the show. She is the every woman. Like she yeah. is, She yeah. that is kind of what we all do. She is also the perfect like hyperbolic example of how we can slip very easily into fucking crazy yeah like all of our fantasies all of our venmo stalking right she just like actually acts upon it she puts on the beaver suit Yeah. and and <laughs> oh eavesdrops on the conversation where we're just like stalking instagram stories exactly but you see how you could very easily yeah slip slippery that slope. direction my friend told me this is a wild story i hope that they don't mind me sharing this is what taylor would do if it was 2020 oh, i love this already my friend had a crush on someone and saw through stalking them on their finsta actually was stalking them using this website that no longer exists but it was called storiesig.com. and you could put in somebody's handle and watch their instagram story without them seeing that you watched their instagram story
0: oh wow but now
1: i have a finsta so i can do exactly this so they watched their instagram story saw where they were checked saw the bar that they were checked into And showed up at the bar. Oh, God. But then, because they couldn't see that they watched their Instagram story, they had no way, there was no way for them to track. And they don't follow them on Instagram. So there was no Mm. way for them to see that they knew that they were there. Did it it work out? Yeah. Fuck. I don't want to hear that. No, No, it didn't work out. Nobody do that. Nobody do that.
0: That's Um, incredible
1: and also terrifying and so relatable. It's so relatable. And that's the thing about Taylor is that we would all – there's a part of all of us that would do this. The flip of it is the part of Taylor that I think is the true every woman that is so admirable and the part of women that I do think is correct, the benefit of being a female, is Taylor – Kind of having the confidence of knowing of knowing best. And again, you can you can kind of seem like a crazy person. But when Taylor's like, "No, Ryan, you and I have chemistry. Kiss me." Kiss me and we'll see. And then I'm like, Taylor, you're fucking crazy. Yep. But also we've all been there where we're like, no, I know you like me. I know yep. that there's vibes here. Yep. And we've described this before. Like, you can't make up vibes. We're not fucking magicians. <laughs> and, so, and so that part of it, I'm like, oh, I've definitely, I've never taken it that far where I've been like, kiss me and we'll see. But that part of Taylor is incredibly relatable. And I think we all just need to watch ourselves so that we don't slip into full Taylor. Speaking of... <laughs> mm-hmm. A listener asks, what was your dating life like in high school? Do you have any high school dating horror stories?
0: I don't really have any dating horror stories. Is that what have required me to go on dates? <laughs> but but a lot of, most people didn't go on dates in my high school. It was a small high school. Yeah. It, it wasn't really like a dating. It was like a hang high school, mm-hmm. I would say. But I, I did make a pact on AIM with oh, my yes. guy friend um, that we would make out with each other. If we were out and drunk and couldn't find anyone else to make out with, did that go well? Well, he was actually the guy that I made out with the most in high school. There you go. But after the pact, I feel like there were many times where I was like, hey, so have you found anyone? (laughs) And he's like, shut up.
1: (laughs) Well, I really, really am Taylor Townsend. So I had two boyfriends when I was in high school, but if you know me, Well, And if you were there, you'd probably say, Megan, you had one and a half boyfriends in high school. I think for the first time on this podcast, it's it's a good time for me to talk about the half. To bring it back to Taylor Townsend, I think what happened is that I Taylor Townsend him quite hard. So he took me to senior ball as a sophomore, which was a very big deal. Yeah, talk about confidence <laughs> yes, thank boost. You, thank you. And that's uh, the person on the deck of the boat. Senior ball was on a <laughs> boat that like went through the San Francisco Bay. So it's like the Golden oh Gate Bridge was God, like, in the... how could you not fall exactly. in love? Exactly. Well, thank you. How could yeah. you not fall in love is what I, Taylor Townsend, 15 years old thought so I told him on the deck of the boat that I liked that I had feelings for him and he said that he did too and so then I was very much like okay so we're dating right like we're dating looking back I don't know if he was still figuring out his sexuality that remains Um... a question mark But he was not super responsive, but I was full force ready to be a girlfriend because I think when you're 15 and you're watching shows similar to this, you're ready to fall in love. Okay, but this is the story that I feel like goes down in my group of friends is the cautionary tale of what happens when you try to date somebody that doesn't want to date you. Oh when you've boy. Taylor Townsend so hard. And here's a measure of just how much they don't want to date you. So we're now officially like we're quote unquote dating. I think it's summer after sophomore year. He's a, he's about to go off to college. And the most adult thing you could do in my suburban town was go to the Starbucks that had the deck outside we really did feel like we were on Laguna Beach like having a conversation about boys because we could like be on our own our parents we could walk to this Starbucks Uh, uh
0: uh-huh I remember
1: sitting with my friend and being like I'm gonna text um we'll call him Andrew um I'm gonna text Andrew and it's like to see if he wants to hang out forgot about this detail I'm truly like across the street from his house like this shopping center was two minutes from him so I think I was conveniently like oh hey I'm at the Starbucks at Willow Plaza um what are you up to and he goes hey I'm so sorry I can't hang out I just ate a really big sandwich and I'm just not feeling up to it (laughs) an <laughs> 18-year-old dating a 16-year-old couldn't hang out because he just ate a really big sandwich. What did you say? Traumatizing. This is what traumatized my, like, sexuality, I think, for years. Because at 18, every guy's supposed to be, like, so horny. Right. And and this guy, like, couldn't hang out because he just ate a really big sandwich. You know, he was already stuffed. Yeah. So I think I was like, totally get it. <laughs> <Like that. laughs> totally understand. Again, Taylor Townsending, so hard. So listen, in high school, it's, I just ate a really big sandwich. But I think in the adult world, it's like, I have a really early morning, so I think I'm just going to crash. Yep. You know, the yep. like I'm not going out because I'm tired or I had a really big day. Yeah. Because if someone... <laughs> pat takes a big old gulp well that's what just happened to me with pat remember yeah i know because i think if someone likes you they'll show up sandwiches early mornings aside case in point just to this is the the full scope of my sexual journey from then till now is Mm. a couple weeks ago i had a dude linger for five and a half hours at the bar on my corner just to wait for me to get home and that's what we all deserve
0: (laughs) it sure is it sure is. Oh. You know, to quote Maya Angelou,
1: when someone tells you who you they are, are believe,
0: believe them. them the first time.
1: <laughs> All right. Speaking of our growth, a listener asks, you mentioned how you're both currently in a quote growth spurt similar to a Seth and Summer. How would you describe what that growth spurt is and what you're currently learning? I figure I'll go first because everyone's going to have to listen to me talk for uh, several more seasons if you so want to. And I hope that you do continue to. Um, So I'll just briefly say this so that I can continue to unravel on the mic. I think, and I've said, it, I've literally just described it since high school. I have always walked around with what I've called before on the podcast, big crush energy. Mm-hmm. And I think when I am crushing, I really can convince myself of anything about this person. It's it's a
0: gift and a curse. It's
1: not dissimilar to Seth. I really can create a narrative. And I think part of what I can convince myself of is that I really need this person in my life. Like, mm. they're the only guy that I can talk to this about. They're the only guy that I get this sort of dynamic from. And I need that. Mm-hmm. And I think what I'm learning the past, I think the past seven months, especially in the pandemic, in a very Summer Roberts, I don't think you can be with someone until you can be with yourself way, is realizing because I've been mostly alone is that I, I actually don't need the people that I was convinced that I needed in some way. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that I'm, I'm really good at being not on my own because I have so many important friendships and mm-hmm. so many like valuable people in my life that create my life and create my community. But I certainly don't need these men. And I think that that's been a huge journey for me to go on and also allowed me to have my crushes and have my big crush energy but not let it rule my life in a way that I think it has often in the past. Yeah. It doesn't mean I always want to be alone and I certainly cried at an episode of The Office the other day, but I can be. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. How about you? Let's talk about your unraveling. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm like, oh, standards. Yeah, I remember those. I mean, a lot of what what you said really resonates. I mean, I feel like this podcast has been very therapeutic for me. Obviously, if you've been listening to the unravel at all, I literally thought that boundaries was gonna be my word of 2020, mm-hmm. and then the pandemic happened, and I was like, there's too many physical boundaries. Some of the emotional <laughs> ones need to go. <laughs> but in rewatching this, I feel like I am reunderstanding the importance of boundaries. Because it's a self-worth. It's Mm -hmm. a self-worth thing. And you let a boundary slip and it does get into your self-worth. It can. Mm -hmm. And it has for me. And I think sometimes I justify it of like the energy, the destiny of it all. Mm. But it's more the forced destiny of like the beginning of Seth and Summer. Right. Than the destiny of if it's meant to be. And I do feel like now, even though my mind might be with crushes, like thinking of the forced energy, I'm not acting on it Mm -hmm. in the same way. I feel like the guys that I've interacted with pandemic wise have been more of a, you know, if it's if it's meant to be and. Staying in my worth, Mm -hmm. only going Taylor Townsend in my mind and not in my actions. Right. You're
1: not putting on the beaver suit.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not yet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I don't think I will. I I might. I just won't leave the house in it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all that sounds like a horoscope, but I I do feel that way. I feel like re watching, re examining the show, I I have been reminded that I do keep falling for the quote good guys. Yeah. But (laughs) it's. Nice to examine it in a way of they don't all grow out of it Mm -hmm. like Seth and being like, no, that's rare. That's not what you get most of the time. Mm -hmm. And if you don't see the growth that he does in two years after knowing someone for a few months then they're probably not going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, like I'm in an age where if a guy is like not into self-improvement, then like, see ya. If I'm s- staying around waiting for him to get interested in that, that's on me. Yeah. And that's been like a huge, hard realization. Uh, yeah. But I feel like Summer exhibits it so well. Mm-hmm. And that is why she is 3rd wave feminism. And she is like super, super inspiring. And the last thing I feel like is, The thing that I I love so much about the show is like all the characters are authentically themselves and might need work, but they're like, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think I need to be reminded of that every now and then. Yeah. You are the
1: power of authenticity.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Again, it's back to the like, this feels like a belonging feeling Mm -hmm. and a not fitting in. Right. I've always loved the OC and I feel like I love it unapologetically
1: In a way that we have truly, I think we're on 61 pages of shared notes in our (laughs) document. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I think for so long,
0: there's been so many parts of myself, like even liking The O.C. because it's not like a highbrow show. Yeah, it's
1: not prestige. Yeah, yeah,
0: that I would shut off. Again, like you have to belong with yourself Mm -hmm. before you can like belong in relationship. Mm -hmm. I think this is a good reminder. Pursue those things that... Bring you joy and make you feel alive unapologetically. And if it's talking about a soapy show from your childhood, then like, great,
1: fuck yeah. This is your, you are Summer Roberts, and that this is your the Valley. George, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not my George. <laughs> <laughs> I think your so George is still coming. I think you are Summer, and that this is your your right. Valley. And they're you're right. like, I'll always love this. This will always be a part of me.
0: Yeah. Also, in watching her integrate the different parts of herself. Mm-hmm. Not in a like Nexium integration way. <laughs> I feel like they just co-opted that word right when I like rediscovered yes. it as a helpful a self-help tool. But I think that's also what the show does is all of the characters explore these different parts of themselves and then end up integrating them mm-hmm. in like such a beautiful way. And I think that's like, again, like what we all strive for.
1: Right.
0: And it's nice that I'm like, well, you know what? My type is still Seth Cohen, maybe a young Sandy Cohen. Mm hmm hasn't changed (laughs) it's
1: still me i'm still the 12 year old girl yeah because i think we all i think we're all like who we were as as children that's so funny i had written in this in my notes and then i took it out and because i was like bring it up a different time but it's perfect there's um a concept that's briefly brought up on the show alias which to me is sacred text (laughs) they have this idea that you're always the person you were in the sixth grade and (gasps) that's when i won the word (laughs) why that's like all the inner child shit i mean it's right and then that's and that's what we love about seth and summer growing Mm -hmm. up is that what's beautiful about them is they they still do have like the 16 year old flirty silly goofy love parts of them they just learn to integrate that with the adult autonomous individual relationship you know relationship that they grow into oh (laughs) okay and to wrap it up a, a classic game from this podcast that it's amazing that we haven't um, played together yet and that's called Do You Ship It? We're going to list two entities two ideas and we're going to ask each other if we ship the combination of both. Mm -hmm. Guys and Converse. No. (laughs) No I think you're holding on to the past. (laughs) (laughs) Guys and your yoga class. Mm. If
0: I'm into them. (laughs) then yeah i ship it
1: yeah like if you were into them and they showed up to your yoga class you, yeah you'd be into it yeah
0: i would be into it okay, okay it would make me nervous but i would be into it because i also feel like i kind of shine teaching yoga cool.
1: so oh yeah great love it Love it. <laughs> yeah
0: cat teaches yoga everybody it's on zoom yeah. so no matter where you are in the world come take a class guys who wear necklaces no don't <laughs>
1: no, i don't i just think i think guys who are they're so again this goes back to being really serious
0: yeah, you know what's so funny? The last two guys I had sex with both wore necklaces, and I actually think even Nice Boy is Orion because he also said he had a hero complex. Yeah, that all honestly did turn me off because, mm-hmm, like, I don't need to be saved.
1: No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Which is why we if anyone's really... gonna be
0: doing the saving, it's me. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I yeah, I'm gonna come, Summer Roberts, to you, and and teach you all about boundaries. Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know if we can have two hero complexes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay male comics mm-hmm. and girls who majored in communication
0: i don't ship it
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tell us why because that is a male
0: comic looking for his puzzle piece yes <laughs> looking for someone to just suck
1: his dick literally and metaphorically And tell him how funny he is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's
0: like so cool. I have like a comic boyfriend. Yeah. And
1: I think girls who majored in communications didn't go to any improv shows in college or acapella shows in college. Correct. And so they're like when they find a male comic, they're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Because he's probably
0: not successful, but she thinks he really is. Okay, So here's my double one. Okay, Being friends with your ex.
1: Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. I do because I've done it pretty healthily. yeah
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so here's part two your boyfriend being friends with his ex i know because it's hard not to sound (laughs) hypocritical but you don't want it right
1: (laughs) uh (laughs) oh i guess i have to you know what i don't ship is if they're the type of ex that still was like can you just come talk to me because you're the only one who gets it you know what i mean yeah no fuck that fuck that that i'm not there for agreed but if it's like you occasionally get coffee with them. Sure. First dates and sleepovers. Uh,
0: <laughs> I I think it it's circumstantial again because my new realization with sleeping with a guy on the, you know, early. Mm-hmm. I feel like we were taught don't sleep with men to keep them interested. Yes. But I think the better lesson is don't sleep with a guy until you know how you feel about him Mm. because the act of sex can make you feel more attached than you actually are.
1: I also think the act of spending the night in the bed itself. Agreed. My new rule. That's so true. Is if you don't want to date them, like get out of the bed.
0: Yeah. I feel like if I I am dating them and I would like to see them again, my new plan of action Mm -hmm. is to wait. But for me. Okay, my next one, double dates. I ship it. Cool. It
1: has to be a certain kind of girl. Could do it with you. Great. Could do it with everyone. <laughs> um. Okay, double texting and your own mental health. <laughs> I'm double texting. Yeah, so do you think that sits well with your own mental health?
0: No, unless it's one of those situations where I'm just like fully aware that I'm Taylor Townsending mm-hmm. and this is it. I think if I do it for a very specific and now this is for me and not for a response. Got it. That's when it's OK. OK, I agree with that. But if I'm trying to do it in just a like we're still in like a flirty early banter stage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then, yeah, I will completely spiral. I
1: absolutely agree.
0: Being silly at your
1: wedding Yeah, that's so silly in that I've, like, moved on from the flash mob. I, like, you know, now as a full adult with taste, I'm like, okay, 23-year-old Megan, you're not going to have a flash mob at your wedding. Mom, I hope you're listening. Please don't plan this. Don't do it. Okay, guys with fragile egos and your own fragile ego. Absolutely not. I mean, history says yes, but
0: growth cat says no yes,
1: this is what i was looking for <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i really well even with nice guy i'm like oh his ego is too fragile right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. For, like will i still fantasize about him probably mm-hmm. but will i try to plan a meetup anymore probably
1: not that's good you that's know good. that's
0: gross also i feel like sometimes being with someone with a fragile ego then you feel like you have to dim your own light
1: exactly
0: and like I'm not trying to dim myself anymore.
1: Yeah, I can't. It's the have you watched Sex in the City? Yes. It's the Carrie Bradshaw and the guy who leaves the note, who's also a writer. Yes. Who can't who can't handle her shining brighter than him.
0: Yes. That's yes. the post-it note of it all. Being a siren on a guy's hero's journey. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I kind of do. I kind of do ship it.
0: I feel I, like you are a siren right now. I
1: think I've been a siren several times.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I know that I should feel kind of guilty about that, but I also have a lot of fun being a siren. Mm-hmm. And I'm in most of the time with the guy. This is on you to figure out. Like, exactly. I'm shining my brightest and doing my thing. And I actually don't think most of the time I'm doing anything wrong.
0: Yeah. And if you're a moth trying to get up on this light,
1: <laughs> on this light,
0: then like you might get burned.
1: <laughs> Attracting moths since 93. Not really. I didn't get hot till like 2012. So, attracting moths since 2012. Cat, oh, Kat, we've been through so much. Well, we really, really have. I really feel like I'm, uh, I don't know. I hope my growth continues um, not being in the same room as you. We're friends. So yeah, I <laughs> say, I might still, yeah, I'll probably, <laughs> you'll probably still drink rosé every week and continue to talk about our relationships. But I'm just sad for our listeners that they won't hear it for a while. I know. That being said, listeners, you do have a chance to hear Kat weekly on her own podcast pretty soon. Kat, do you want to talk about your show? coming out oh do i want to talk about something that i'm doing Yes, (laughs) please plug
0: plug away (laughs) of course i do plug it in (laughs) yeah so my friend fiona and i are starting a podcast that is half podcast about relationships half matchmaking service i
1: love that and need it and i'm so excited if you're
0: someone that's like the apps are just not for me I see Beecher Mountains as a question and I'm like, I'm not going to find out any information about you based on if you prefer Beecher Mountains or you say both like a normal human being. Right. If you're like, I can't, then listen to this podcast because we're interviewing eligible bachelors and bachelorettes. I mean, how many times do you listen to a podcast and you're like, I mean, how men, have you fallen in love with me yet?
1: I I think some (laughs) have.
0: How many times though do you listen to a podcast of like a celebrity or something you're like I feel like I like got to know them man like I wish I could DM them and we are bringing that to you we're basically taking these bachelors and bachelorettes on a first date and asking all the questions you're too afraid to ask on a real first date so we're getting into why did them in their last relationship end. What are their flaws in a relationship? What's their favorite sexual position?
1: Amazing.
0: All of that stuff. What are they actually looking for? And then if you like them, then you can DM. And if you don't, then like you got to know something about the brain of a single person. So right now, just follow me <laughs> on Instagram at Kat Infante and I will be sure to shamelessly promote it. We've we've done three episodes. It's been it's been really fascinating so far and we'll probably release the first one in the next few weeks or so. So okay. be on the lookout.
1: All right. Well, everyone, that's all we have on the OC, mm. but I hope you enjoyed this nostalgic journey yeah for many of us and if it was your first time watching the oc mom and dad um i hope you're (laughs) enjoying enjoying that journey i definitely did the first show that i had not that we've covered that i hadn't watched before um it was great for me and i converted her yeah you converted me into a shipper (laughs) oh and so if you want to keep listening next season is also a pretty nostalgic couple And one that I am excited to deconstruct.
0: I can't Um, wait.
1: Yeah, I have a lot to say. And I not wait. it's a very, very popular couple. So um, if you don't know this couple, probably some guy you've matched with on Tinder does. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but until then, follow me, follow Kat on Instagram and continue to hear our thoughts and our takes because all we talk about is relationships on our social media. <laughs>
0: yeah, it turns out we cannot escape it. So we had to start podcasts.
1: Strongly our brand. And if you enjoyed this season, leaving leaving a little review for the show really does help us out a lot tell us that
0: we're your sirens on your hero's journey
1: yeah if mostly that's what i want to know that's the (laughs) feedback that i'm striving for all right cat it's been a pleasure megan it's been so fun i love you so much i love you so much let's go finish this bottle of rosé hell yeah but to our listeners thank you for joining us and if you want to continue talking ship about fictional relationships and relating them to your own life i will see you next week all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Talking Ship. We're here every Thursday. You can find us on Instagram at Talking Ship Podcast. Thank you to Cat Belenfonte for being my co-host this season. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter. She's great on both. At Kat Belenfonte. That's Cat with a K. You can find me at OnlyMegan815. That is Megan spelled the correct way with no H. Talking Ship is produced by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one network for professionals. So thank you to the whole team there for helping to make this show happen. Thank you to Chris Meisner for arranging our theme music. And if you're still listening, you must, you know, trust me a bit. So here's what I would like you to do. Please, please, please register to vote. Vote and vote early. Let's do this. VoteSaveAmerica.com has everything you need. So go do that, and then come back next week, and we'll talk ship about more fictional relationships. See you then.